0: Hello, folks. Before we start the episode, uh, let me just tell you that this one is sponsored by iTalkie, which is a very useful service, uh, a good companion to listening to episodes of the podcast. Listening's good. Obviously, Uh, you should do lots of listening and episodes like this one, for example, can help you to pick up new vocabulary. But you know, of course, that you shouldn't just listen. That's only half of the story. Um, What you should be doing as well is using new language, making it part of your active vocab. Uh, You need to speak to people and practice, practice, practice. But who are you going to speak to? Well, if you don't have options you could use italki Uh, many many people do it's a really great uh, way to get regular speaking practice into your life so check it out go to uh, teacherluke.co.uk forward slash talk uh, and uh, when you buy some lessons or talking time with someone italki will send you a voucher uh, which is equivalent to a free lesson basically Um, that's cool So, check out italki. It could be a great opportunity for you to get regular practice and get that English into your life. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing out there in podcast land? I hope you're doing all right today. Here's a new episode for you to listen to. It's a new episode, obviously. Obviously, it's a new one. You knew that it was new, didn't you? When you uh, started listening to it, you thought, oh, here's a new episode. Of course, you identified that it was a new episode because uh, of the number. It's a new number. Uh, 466, I believe. It's a new number. I mean, a new number for the podcast. It's not a new number in the world. We knew, we already knew that that number existed in the world, didn't we? Yes. Yes, of course we did. Imagine if they discovered a new number. Imagine that, if just scientists discovered a new number. I don't know, they, they found it down the back of the sofa or something. Scientists have discovered a new number. Um, it was discovered in a laboratory down the back of a sofa. That's right, they have sofas in laboratories. For when they when they want to sit down and just relax for a bit. Scientists have discovered a new number down the back of a sofa. Uh, they've decided to call it Steve. Steve would be the name of the, the number. Um, I don't know where it would go. I mean if you can imagine that. One, two, three, four, Steve, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It would make life very difficult. It would it would change the world, wouldn't it, if they found a new number? It's not going to happen, of course. Anyone with any understanding of maths would know that that's ridiculous and impossible. But anyway, it's just a, just a stupid idea. Just to get this, the programme started, we need to start with something stupid before we go on to something that's less stupid. I've got to get the stupid stuff out first, and then we can get down to business and, and get a little bit more serious. In fact, let's get a little bit more serious right now by talking about what you can expect from this new episode. And here we go. So, the plan in this episode is to go through some of the language that you heard during the last two episodes of this podcast. So, there's going to be language in this one. Nice, meaty, chunky bits of English for you to learn, okay? If you listen to episodes 464 and 465 then you will have heard me uh, telling you to watch out for certain language that I would be explaining later. Do you remember that? Like, watch out for some language. I'm going to explain it later, blah, blah, blah. Well, it is now later. Okay, later has arrived. This is later. Okay, so let's now check out some of that language, shall we? Yes. Okay, then. So, Check the page for this episode to see uh, the words and phrases and some example sentences written for you to look at with your eyes and then remember with your brains or your brain, I'd imagine, because you've only got one brain, right? I would have thought so. But anyway, for all of you, your brains. um, Okay, so language-wise, how much stuff did you actually notice? How many phrasal verbs? How many collocations? how many instances of the word get did you notice in the last two episodes? Now, what I've done since recording and uploading those episodes, uh, I've been through them and I've picked out some of the language that I thought would be worth highlighting for you. And there was loads of it, loads of language, tons of it, considerable amounts of language. Uh, In fact, too much for me to go through in just one episode. I mean, not just all, I'm not going to go through all of the language, all of the easy stuff. I'm not going to go through all that, but I've picked out some things that I thought would be worth highlighting and sort of, you know, um, teaching to you as it were. Um, so too much stuff for one episode. So I've decided that in this one, I'm going to just focus on the uses of get, okay? Just the uses of get, which came up in the last two episodes. Um, and get is one of the most common verbs in the English language, but it's also one of the most difficult words, actually. So let's consider all the uses of the word get, which came up in the last two episodes. This, um, this episode, I think, is called Get This Word Into Your Life, uh, which is just a general bit of advice. Um, now, if you open a dictionary and you look up the word get you will see pages and pages of entries, different meanings, grammatical functions uses phrasal verbs fixed expressions and things like that for example you know um i mean all the different grammatical uses of it but also in terms of uh, vocabulary you've got stuff like um let's see some of the stuff that's going to come up in this episode you've got to get through something to get your head around something to get round to doing something to get into something uh, to get back to something to get something across to get on with someone to get rid of something uh, to get going or to get started to get down to business to get on with it, to get something done to get someone to do something to get some to get someone doing something to get used to doing something to get the hang of doing something to get the most out of something to get in touch with someone to get something right or wrong to get together and to get something into your life loads of loads of different stuff and also more because there's different grammatical functions of get as well, so you can 't you really can 't underestimate the importance and usefulness of this little word. Um, Native English speakers use the word get an awful lot. It's one of the features of native level English. Now, this episode is called Get This Word Into Your Life. Now, actually, I should point out that it's not just this one word on its own, of course. Uh, That is slightly misleading. Um, Instead, you should realise that you're not just learning the the single word get over and over again. You're learning all of the many different phrases in which it occurs. So don't just focus on on what the word get really means. That's not what you should be doing. It's not like, how can I really get to the bottom of this individual word? That's not really what this is about. On its own, the word get doesn't really mean that much. That's why it's known as a delexical verb. A verb which sort of doesn't really mean much on its own. The meaning of the word is really to be found in the whole phrase, okay? So get uh, occurs within many different phrases and it's at the level of the phrase where the meaning really comes in, okay? So you need to pay particular attention to how the word get collocates with prepositions like in or on and auxiliary verbs like have, for example. And also how these phrases affect the grammar of the sentence. For example, if they're followed by a gerund or like an ing form or an, in, or an infinitive. So it's not just get, but how get combines with other little words and what the meaning of those phrases are and how they affect the grammar of the sentence. Okay, I know this sounds... Uh, exciting, doesn't it? Well, it it might sound very exciting if you're particularly interested in language and if you're keen to really kind of start to develop much more native-level English. Um, It may also sound difficult, okay? All this stuff might sound a bit difficult, uh, and that's because it is. I mean, it is difficult. In fact, I think that get and all the different phrases of get, um, this is an example of exactly how... English can be extremely tricky for learners of English in some ways because, uh, like, some aspects of English are easier than other aspects. You know, you've got... uh, English is easier in some ways and more difficult in other ways. Some of the easier things about um, English are that, well, I mean, there aren't that many verb forms for you to learn. I mean, for example, with with the word go, compared to some other languages you know english has got fairly limited number of possible verb forms you've got the different tenses like the way that these verbs combine with auxiliary verbs but on their own verbs only have a, a limited number of forms I mean, like, for example, in French, you can open up a uh, French grammar book and you'll find lists and lists and lists of, of verb forms, that verb with many different verb endings and things like that. In English, let's say if we take the word go, we've just got go, to go, goes, going, went, gone, and been, right? That's it, basically. Uh, not that many. Because, um, you know, it doesn't change that many. T- you got, like, he... I go, you go, we go, they go, he, she, and it goes. Fine. Okay. Unlike in French, where it's, you know, there are many, many more different versions and it's affected by different nouns and stuff like that. Um, In English, verb endings, you know, you've basically got ED or maybe S or ES if it's third person. Uh, There's no gender um, in English. So there's no need to change the gender of the adjective or the gender of the pronoun and all that kind of thing. So, in some aspects, English is fairly simple and straightforward. Now, obviously, I would say, I know what you're thinking at this point. You're thinking, don't tell us that English is easy, Luke. We're trying to learn it, and it's not easy. It's difficult. It's definitely difficult. And I agree with you, of course. I'm not saying the the language is easy, but I'm just saying that some aspects of it are easier than others. I mean, and obviously, I would say that... English was easy because it's easy for me and I know that Uh, uh, so some aspects are easier than others Um, some of the tricky bits are things like some of the adjective and adverb morphology you know when you turn an adjective into a comparative or a superlative we have like er or ier or est or iest at the end of words which is not that complicated but difficult things are like all the different irregular verbs you've got to learn uh the the fact that our spelling and pronunciation um are very loosely connected Uh, it's a bit of a nightmare we have lots and lots of vocabulary in English with many many synonyms also things like indirect language is difficult to deal with it becomes more complicated when you're trying to be indirect modal verbs are hard to get to grips with and there is also massive diversity in the way that the language is spoken around the world with many different accents and so on but compared to something like French or German uh or I imagine Russian and other languages there is basically less grammar to deal with I think certainly in the in when it comes to different verb forms okay now the the, the fairly simple aspects of English allow you to learn it to a fairly functional level uh, relatively quickly okay and I guess that's why it's fairly common For people to get to a certain level of functional English, like that kind of intermediate level, fairly quickly if they apply themselves, but then it's quite common for people to get stuck at that intermediate level. That's the intermediate plateau. And many people get to that level where they can basically say what they want to say and hold down a basic conversation... But then that's it. They stay there or they get stuck there because they hit a wall when it comes to the more complex stuff, the real nitty gritty of native, Engli- uh, native level English usage. And that includes understanding native English speakers um, and also being able to use English at the level of a native English speaker. Um, you know, they get stuck in, in all of the, the complicated stuff that allows you to communicate shades of gray different aspects of like different subtlety nuance and humor in the language so you know when we end up dealing with that stuff that's where english starts to get difficult and this is where english becomes particularly tough stuff it's the sheer diversity in particular of little phrases which are comp- uh, which are created by combining certain delexical verbs with prepositions, pronouns, gerunds, and infinitives. Okay? This I think is where English gets particularly difficult. It's in phrasal verbs and combinations of little words. And on their own, these little words don't really mean anything. It's when they get combined into phrases um, that they actually mean something, okay? Delexical verbs. Uh, delexical verbs are verbs which don't really carry much meaning on their own. Often they're just little verbs, like, for example, get or have or keep or put, take, make, give, things like that. Uh, these little Delexical verbs combine with other words in fra- in, into phrases, okay? And it's the phrase as a whole that carries the specific meaning. And we end up with sentences like this, okay? We end up with sentences that contain lots of de words and not many big, chunky meaning words. For example, you'd hear something like this. I've just got to get in on some of that action. I've just got to get in on some of that action. Or, I just can't get used to being out of the loop. Or, you might hear a sentence like, I've j- I've I've got to get round to getting back to you for that thing that you did to me. Or, I've got to get round to getting you back for that thing that you did to me. Okay, so I've got to get in on some of that action. I just can't get used to being out of the loop. And I've got to get round to getting you back for that thing that you did to me. Okay, now that's this is more complicated English. I think you'll agree. Maybe you know some of those phrases. Um But I think everyone can agree that this is where English gets complicated. Uh, We'll start with the first one. I've just got to get in on some of that action. Um, We've got, I have got to, or I have just got to. I've got to do it. Uh, I've got to do something. And that's really uh, the expression to have got to do something. Which means, I have to do it. I need to do it. Uh, You could say, I have to finish my work, or... I have got to finish my work. So, I've, I have to finish my work or I've got to finish my work. And then the other phrase in that sentence was to get in on something, to, to get in on something. And that means to get involved in something or to take part in something from which you will benefit, okay? Okay. sentence again, I've just got to, meaning I have to, get in on some of that action, meaning I've got to get involved in that stuff that's happening so I can benefit from it in some way. I mean, an example which I found on the Urban Dictionary, which isn't, Always a reliable dictionary, by the way. There's lots of stupid, rude uh, slang in there, but sometimes the Urban Dictionary can give you some examples. But I would say use Urban Dictionary with some caution. Anyway, um, the example from the Urban Dictionary that I found was was this one: um, two people, imagine two friends. One person says, "Do you want to get in? On, do you want to get in on some of this action? Like pointing to." Some uh, crisps and salsa. Like imagine you've just ordered some snacks in a bar. You're drinking beer, and you've just ordered some potato crisps or or chips, uh, tortillas or something with salsa. And you just point at it and you say to your friend, "Do you want to get in on some of this action?" And your friend says, "No, thanks. I'm good." For example, um, okay, do you want to get involved in eating some of this stuff? Do you want to get in? Do you want to get in on some of this action? Meaning, do you want to eat some of these tortillas? Okay, are you okay? Are you feeling all right? Yes? Good. Let's keep going. So uh, the other one was, I can't get used to being out of the loop. I can't get used to being out of the loop, which means I'm in a really difficult position because I don't know what's going on and I haven't known what's going on for a while. And this position is not getting easier for me. Uh, I can't get used to being out of the loop. If you're out of the loop, it means that you're not up to date with what's going on. Like, for example, if, you, if you've been away on holiday, you've been away from the office on holiday, you don't know what's going on in the office, you're out of the loop, okay? Because you don't know what's going on. And the whole phrase was, I can't get used to being out of the loop, which means that it's difficult for you to um, adjust to the fact that you're out of the loop complicated stuff on the podcasts. I, I think you might agree. Difficult to explain, but bear with me. Stick with me, folks, okay? Stick with me for the whole episode. Uh, some of this English will rub off on you, I promise. You will uh, learn some really important bits from this. You might not understand all of it, but the bits that you do learn and do remember from this, you will uh, keep uh, forever, okay? So, this could be really useful, even if it's not like fun stories and jokes all the time uh this is um i admit this is fairly tough stuff but it's um it's vital for you to keep going if you want to really kind of you know get proper near native level english i think um so that was i've um i can't get used to being out of the loop and another one was i've got to get round to getting you back for that thing that you did to me okay So this means that uh, you did something to me and I want to take revenge on you and I haven't done it yet and I really should do it soon. I've got to get round to getting you back for that thing that you did to me. To get round to doing something. This means to finally do something that you should have done before. For example, I've got to get round to sending those letters. Like the letters are on the table. They've been there for three weeks. And you keep seeing them and you think, oh, I'll do it later. And then one day you're like, damn, I've got to get round to doing that. And the other one was to get someone back for doing something. I've got to get you back for doing that. Which is like, I've got to get revenge on you for doing it. I've got to get you back for that trick that you played on me. Okay, so this is where English gets quite difficult. It's a bit of a nightmare, I know, but stick with me. Now a lot of these bits of English with get are phrasal verbs, and others are just fixed expressions. They are difficult, right? Okay, they are difficult. But what are you going to do? You're going to ignore them? Are you going to pretend that they just don't exist? Um, Are you just going to sort of go no, no, no? I'm not listening. You know, this is it's too complicated for me. What are you going to do? You're just going to ignore all this kind of thing? If you do, then that might be a bad move because you'll end up speaking a kind of unnatural form of English. You'll end up not really understanding what native speakers are talking about or getting at, and you'll end up stuck in the intermediate plateau to some extent, okay? So, don't underestimate the importance of little verbs like get, make or put and the way that they combine with other words in phrases. Uh, these things are very common and this is the real English that is used all the time every day by native English speakers, but which is very hard for you to learn because it's probably quite different from, uh, the way that your native language works and because these bits of English are, are, these are not the big heavy Latin words which are noticeable and, to an extent, easier to, to, to pick up. These de-lexical words or combinations of words are like the ninjas of English. Yes, that's right. More ninjas on the podcast. I am obsessed with ninjas. I don't know why. Well, I do know why, because ninjas are brilliant, aren't they? I mean, they're brilliant. All right, fine. So... Um, There are about 29, maybe 30 different uses or different phrases with get uh, coming up in this episode, maybe more. Uh, That is a lot, I know. That's quite a lot of uh, language to take on. Normally, in English lessons, in a one or two hour lesson, we don't teach more than about 12 words at a time. That's the general, sort of, the general wisdom in English language teaching that you tend to teach groups of a groups of vocabulary in about probably about 12 words at a time and that if you try and teach more than 12 that you know they're not going to the students are not going to learn them all um you know but i'm teaching you more or i'm highlighting more than 12 in this episode there's a good chance that not every phrase or bit of english that i introduce to you here or highlight for you here will stick some of not all of these phrases will stick um, it might feel overwhelming to you as well. You might think, "Oh, too many words! Ah, oh, I'm drowning in in words." You might feel like that as well, which is normal. Uh, there are so many usages and phrases. It feels like, I imagine, at times it feels like you will never learn them all. But don't worry about that too much. Okay, um, let's take a balanced approach. It does take a while to pick up these different aspects of English but it's not impossible, okay? It's not impossible. It might take you time. It helps if you stay positive, okay? In fact, before we go through the vocab still, here are some tips from me to you, for dealing with all of this tricky vocabulary, okay? Here are some tips that I hope will help you in this episode and generally with your your learning of English, okay? Some of this stuff you might already know, you might be doing it already, but anyway, it's, you know, it's good to to consider this from time to time. So, here are some tips which I hope will help. Number one, remember, okay, it feels like there is an infinite number of these little phrases, for example, phrasal verbs. It might feel like there's an infinite number of phrasal verbs and you'll never learn them all. Well, first of all, there isn't an infinite number. It's a finite number, okay? It, you can learn them all if you try. It is achievable. You can learn them all. You can do it. Yes, you can, okay? Fine. Number two, um, okay, so let's be honest, you might not learn them all. You can learn them all, but you might not, because it's quite difficult. But don't worry, you don't have to learn them all. You can just learn some of them and the ones that you do learn properly will stick with you forever as long as you keep noticing and keep using them, okay? So, you know, learning just some of them is much better than just giving up, you know? So you might think, oh, I can't learn them all, therefore I will learn none of them. I won't even bother, that's wrong just because you can't learn them all doesn't mean that you can't learn some of them. You know, some of them is better than none of them, isn't it? Obviously. Okay, so learning just a few is better than just saying, oh, to hell with it, and learning nothing. Something is better than nothing, even if it's not everything. So, don't worry if you don't get all of these expressions. Just learn some of them now, and you can just get the others later. Okay? All right. Third thing, you could It could help if you check a phrasal verbs dictionary, like the Cambridge Dictionary of Phrasal Verbs or the Oxford Dictionary of Phrasal Verbs. You could check in those dictionaries. They're very good. And one of the useful things about phrasal verb dictionaries is that you can see the frequency of expressions. You can see how commonly these expressions are used, and that might help you to see basically which expressions are more common than others and which expressions you should prioritise learning. So check a phrasal verbs dictionary. You can also check like Cambridge Dictionary Online or Collins Dictionary Online. I believe they give you an indication of how common or how frequent those phrases are in the language, okay? And they, they, they keep track of the um, the frequency of certain phrases in the language. They keep track of it by monitoring samples of spoken and written English all the time. Okay, so watch out for the, the more common phrases. You could prioritise those. Um, when you've learned a phrase or started learning some phrases, uh, listen out for them. When you're listening to the podcast or, or watching movies or whatever it is, when you're just consuming English, listen out for those phrases that you've learned okay watch out for them and you might find that you start noticing those phrases more and more and this will help you to remember them a bit remember uh, a few months ago i was talking to amber and she talked about how she'd noticed the the word gaslighting Uh, she learned the word gaslighting and then she started noticing it everywhere It's the same thing with learning English. If you notice some of these phrases, uh, watch out for them. You will find that you suddenly start noticing them them everywhere. And this will help you to remember them a bit. Uh, The ones that you notice a lot, the ones that you notice frequently, are obviously the really useful ones which are worth remembering and using. Uh, Fifth point, watch out for tricky little details, such as whether the expression is followed by a gerund, by an ing form, or by an infinitive form, uh, with or without to. Uh, or if there are sneaky little prepositions, auxiliary verbs or pronouns, don't just learn the big solo verbs or words on their own. Train yourself to be on the lookout for vocabulary in phrases or in chunks. For example, don't just, use the, don't just remember used to but remember, for example, to get used to doing something or to be used to doing something. Okay. Both of those expressions actually, they use used to, but they actually have four parts. So it's not just used to, it's get use get used to doing something or be used to doing. So it's get used to or be used to plus an ing. Four things to, to focus on, not just used to. Uh sixth point always study vocab with real examples not just definitions if you're you know in the future if you're trying to learn vocabulary remember don't just have loads of definitions don't just have a list of vocab with a list of definitions or a list of vocab and a list of translations try to see the vocab in example sentences this um this will help a lot um um beware of translating everything directly from uh from English into your language uh this might not work. English is a different language of course it's not just the same language with different words. The structure is different the whole sort of s- the the whole semantic kind of uh framework of it's different so don't just translate uh use example sentences in English. Uh, Seventh point, try to use expressions with your own examples. So you've picked up an expression, try and use it with with, uh, your own made-up example. You need to own the language yourself, personalise it. Uh, create examples that mean something to you personally. Uh, this will help the vocab stick in your mind, especially if your examples are visual or spatial. That seems to be uh, the, the the wisdom on remembering things. Uh, we, we, we tend to remember things when we put them into visual in- environments or s- when we have a spatial relationship. So if you're thinking of an example, put yourself in the situation and sort of picture yourself there and then uh, using um, you know if you're using the expression make an example that puts yourself in a place um, and that bring that helps to bring the the vocabulary to life it will help you to remember it okay uh, eighth point listen back to episodes 464 and 465 and focus on spotting the uses of get either in phrasal verbs or other uses uh, after you've listened to this episode uh, it'll reinforce it all okay you could play. If you wanted to make it more interesting, you could play Vocab Hunter, which is that game that involves shooting vocabulary when you see it or hear it. Um, That's just if you you feel the need to make your life more exciting. I don't know if you do. Uh, Anyway, the point is, you know, uh, focus on spotting some of the vocab in the previous two episodes. Um, The ninth point... Uh, These phrases can be difficult to notice because of connected speech. So when you're listening to native English, uh, uh, native level speech, uh, it can be difficult to notice these phrases. You might not even know that they exist. You might not hear them uh, because of connected speech. That's the way that certain sounds are cut. Uh, Or certain sounds are even added in order to say a phrase or a sentence really quickly. It sounds like all the words in the phrase run into each other and it just ends up sounding like one single word or even just a noise, okay? Um, For example, if I say the phrase, Things might get a bit technical. Things Things might get a bit technical later on. Things might get a bit technical later on. Things might get a bit technical later on. You can hear the way that get a bit technical. The words all join up together and you end up with might get a bit technical. Okay, um, certainly the T on might and the T on get, sometimes they get dropped, might get a bit technical. Sometimes the T ends up sounding like a D sound, get a bit, get a bit technical. Okay, so watch out for connected speech. You can check out the episode archive. I did an episode all about connected speech once. Check out the archive, look for Connected Speech, or I think it was Pronunciation of Grammar? I don't remember now. Anyway, check out the archive for for an episode about pronunciation and Connected Speech. And the 10th point, uh, another thing that might help is you could check out my series of podcast episodes called A Phrasal Verb A Day. Uh, A phrasal verb a day is a a whole separate podcast. Uh, You can find it on my website. Uh, A phrasal verb a day is currently on hiatus. Uh, I haven't recorded an episode for ages, but there are about 130 phrasal verbs explained in individual episodes, so 130 episodes. Each phrasal verb explained with their own examples. Each episode is just a few minutes long. There's not loads of rambling and stupid nonsense. I just get straight to the point each time listening to those short episodes might help, okay? Right. So, let's carry on and look at the ways in which get is used with some examples from episodes 464 and 465, okay? You still there, folks? You still doing okay? Yeah? You still with me? Yes? Okay, good. Let's get started then. So, uses of get. Here we go. So, we've got, first of all, um, I should say that get, we have got get on its own, and then get in phrases, okay? Let's start with get on its own. So, on its own, get can mean a few things. Get could mean receive. It could mean obtain or achieve, okay? Receive, obtain, or achieve. For example, to get a letter, like to receive a letter, uh, to obtain permission or to get permission to do something, or uh, to get a good result, Okay, um, or you know, to get an idea, to get the giggles, to get the motivation to do something. Let's go through some examples from the last two episodes. And by the way, get uh, meaning receive, obtain, or achieve is is one of the most common in terms of the last two episodes. This was the most common usage. Okay, uh, and I said, for example, here's a message I got not long ago. Here's a message I got not long ago. Now, by the way, when I'm going through the examples from the previous episodes in this, uh, in this section of the podcast here, what you could do is you could uh, try and repeat them after me. You can see them all written on the, on, the, uh, on the page for the episode. You could try and repeat them after me. I'll say them a couple of times really quickly with all the connected speech, and then I'll say them once or twice more clearly. Okay, so here's a message I got not long ago. Here's a message I got not long ago. Here's a message I got not long ago. Here is a message I got not long ago. Um, you could say, here's a message that I got not long ago. So a relative clause. Okay. Another one would be, I do get quite a lot of messages like that. I do get quite a lot of messages like that. I do get quite a lot of messages like that. Do there as an emph- to emphasise it. I do get quite a lot of messages like that. Um, I get messages like this quite a lot. I get messages like this quite a lot. You know, similarly, I receive messages like this quite a lot. Receive sounds formal. Get sounds neutral. Slightly informal, but not in a bad way. It's appropriate uh, for the majority of situations, I would say. Um, I get messages like this quite a lot. Uh, um, I'm going to talk about where I get the inspiration for episodes Uh, where I get the inspiration for episodes Okay, uh to get the inspiration. Yeah, uh getting the giggles to get the giggles Do you know what that means? Um, I think I talked about How some of you get the giggles when you're listening to the podcast um and that would be if I say something funny on the, the rare occasion in which I say something genuinely funny. I don't know. Is it rare? I don't know. For some of you, it, apparently it's not that rare because uh, I got a few messages recently from people saying that they get the giggles on the bus. Uh, someone wrote to me the other day saying that they were riding around town on their bike and they kept getting the giggles when they were, while they were riding around on the bike and they must have thought... Uh, people, people in the street must have thought... This person was crazy because it was some crazy lunatic riding around laughing. His headphones were on underneath his helmet, so it wasn't obvious that he was listening. So it was just a person riding around laughing, just some hysterical person on a bike. So anyway, to get the giggles. To giggle is, like, is basically to laugh. And it's probably laughing like a schoolgirl, you know? Laughing like a Japanese schoolgirl. That's giggling. Uh, to get the giggles and it's it's a nice feeling to get the giggles i have to say even when you don't want to get the giggles because sometimes you get the giggles and you don't want to get the giggles and the fact that you're trying not to giggle makes it even more funny you know I mean I've I remember lots of experiences of getting the giggles like that for example in uh, in assembly at school you know those important serious meetings at the beginning of the week in school and the whole schools there and maybe the headmaster is saying something very serious like you know I don't want to see anyone smoking behind the bath uh, behind the bath no Uh I don't want to see anyone smoking behind the bike sheds blah 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 and then some people are giggling because he said something stupid you know getting the giggles I used to when I was a little kid we used to go to church Um, when I was a kid um, I went to a school where there was there was a church nearby and we used to have to go to church and we'd sit there it was incredibly boring and I remember once getting the giggles in church I don't even know why but it was just like torture absolute torture just sitting in at the back of the church and there was some friend of mine who did something stupid or something and we both were just in stitches trying not to laugh just uh, the torture of getting the giggles when you don't want to um, to get the giggles there Um, then this sentence uh, Zdenek got a teaching job off the back of his podcast he got a teaching job Okay, so to get a teaching job, he got a teaching job. To get some inspiration to record something, uh, to get the right results. Getting a sense of what works with learners of English. So, um, yeah, getting a sense of what works. Some things I'm sure will be a hit seem to get a muted response. To get a muted response that means like um, a quiet response or not much of a response. Muted means when the sound has been reduced. Uh, on your TV, uh, most TV controllers have a function that allows you to mute the sound. Um, okay, so it means to turn off the sound. If, if you get a muted response, it means you don't really get any kind of response. Some episodes I do, i upload it and i get you know quite a few comments from people saying hey i really like this one or this made me think about this and then some episodes i'll upload them and just no one really talks about them so i think oh that that, that got a, a muted response didn't it um next phrase would be like trying to get their approval if you, if you want people to like what you do you're, you you might try to get their approval my advice was Don't try too hard to get people's approval, although that's very difficult. That's a very difficult thing to do. But if you're in a presentation, you should focus on giving things to the audience rather than trying to win their approval or get their approval. It just helps in your general approach. Obviously, you should be making an effort to do people. You should be making an effort to do people. No, don't make too much of an effort to do people unless they want you to do them. Um, mm Mm-hmm. What was I saying? Uh, you shouldn't. You should make an effort to do the, the things that people probably want. You should be giving things that to people that they want. But when you're in the middle of doing your presentation, your attitude should be about being generous and giving to them, not this desperate person who's trying to get their approval. That was my advice from episode 464, I think. Um, it's great to get your feedback. To, to get feedback. You can't get that lovely close sound with the laptop microphone, so to get a nice sound. Okay, so there were loads of examples of get, meaning receive or obtain or achieve something. Okay, next one is when get means become, which is really, really common. And it, it's often get plus an adjective, and it means to, to become that adjective. For example, to get old, meaning to become old. Okay, to get old, to get hot, to get dark, to get famous, to get bored. For example, I'm getting older. We're all getting older every day, you know, uh, to get hot. Um, it's getting hotter. The weather is heating up. It's getting hotter. Um, it gets dark um, around this at this time of year, in the middle of summer, it gets dark um, at about 10 o'clock uh, in this part of the world. Um, get famous, like, Paul Taylor is is getting quite famous these days. He's becoming famous in France. Um, To get bored. I hope you're not getting too bored in this episode. Okay, I hope you're not becoming bored. Get to get bored. Here are some other examples of the way I used get to mean become. Okay, I said this might get a bit technical later on. Uh, This could get quite geeky. To get geeky. Geeky, you know, a geek, like a Nerd. Uh, a geek, someone who's just really interested in specific things like technology. Uh, It could get a bit geeky. If you get too focused on controlling everything, it can stifle the conversation. To get too focused on controlling everything, get focused on something. Okay. Uh, I think she gets distracted at work. I was talking about my wife. Sometimes she gets distracted. She ends up on Facebook or something and she sends me some links to articles that uh, she thinks I might find interesting for the podcast. I think she just gets distracted at work sometimes to get distracted. Um, I have to get myself pumped up before I start recording. I've got to get myself pumped up. Come on, pump it up. I have to, you know, I think I did a, a, a Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. Come on, Luke, pump it up. If you want to learn how to do an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression, all you need to do is master that sound. That's basically all you need to do. Just then say some things like, get to the chopper. And then you've got an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. Get to the chopper. Let's get pumped up. And let's get let's get pumped up i can't i can't do it that well but it's you know it's like english it's easy to get to an intermediate level of an arnold schwarzenegger impression you know most people can do it that and sean connery no problem um try it i don't know. is that something you should be doing on the bus i don't know anyway um uh that's how a british person gets pumped up uh, do you remember how a British person gets pumped up we put the kettle on just make a cup of tea let's get pumped up in a in a British way come on come on darling let's get pumped up do you fancy a cup of tea uh, let's get pumped up let's uh, things get a bit more fun in the second half of the episode to get fun things get a bit more fun in the second half and then oh suddenly this has got way more exciting hasn't it okay to get more exciting this has suddenly got way more exciting much more exciting okay so that was get meaning become um i got i need to hurry up a little bit because there's a i need to get on with it because there are many more uh, phrases to come okay next one is um, get uh, as an auxiliary verb in passive forms okay sometimes we use get instead of be in a passive form for example to get paid or to be paid you know, um, I'm I um, I get paid in the middle of every month, for example, or I am paid in the middle of every month to get downloaded. The uh, my podcast gets downloaded all over the world to get downloaded to get noticed. Paul Taylor is getting noticed more and more in France because he's he's uh, getting famous to get noticed, meaning he is being he is noticed by people. He gets noticed by people. To get caught, you know, if you if you rob a bank, you will, if unless you're a really clever criminal, you'll probably get caught. You'll get arrested um, to get involved in something, okay? So it's like be in passive structures. On the podcast, I said, if you get too focused on controlling everything, you might stifle the conversation. Now, I've got that in both categories, meaning become, and also as a as a passive, because I think it's kind of the same thing. To get focused on something, it's like a passive structure, isn't it? Because you've got get and then a like a past participle to get focused on something. Yeah. Anyway, is it passive or is it just get meaning become with an adjective, or is it the same thing? Yeah. something like that. Next one is she gets distracted. So again, is it just get with an a- with an adjective, or is it a passive? to get distracted by something. I think technically it's a passive structure, right? Um, Let's get pumped up. Again, it's actually a passive structure, but equally it could be considered to be just get with an adjective. All right, fine. Then we've got get, meaning understand. For example, to understand the message, to get the message. Did you get the message? You know, if I say something to you, like, I want you to take these boxes and take them downstairs and burn them, okay? Right? Got it? Did you get the message? Yeah. Okay. Go. Be careful. All right. Fine. Don't ask why I'm asking someone to burn some boxes, but anyway, there it is. uh To get the message, to get the joke, right? To understand a joke. Did you get it? I, d- I didn't get it. I didn't. Or I don't get it. Like, uh, you know, uh, why did the scarecrow win the Nobel Prize? Because he was outstanding in his field. <laughs> i didn't get it okay fine um to get to get the joke uh like for example if you didn't if you don't get the russian joke you could just write i don't get the russian joke can you explain it and then i um i don't know what i'll do i'll jump into a lake uh to get the idea okay to get the message get a joke to get the idea okay for example nobody gets the joke uh you get the idea right or do you get what i'm trying to say do you get me Meaning, do you understand me? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Do you know what I mean? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Do you get what I'm trying to say? And uh, I just don't get it. (laughs) I just don't get it. I just like all this grammar. I just don't get it. Or maths. It's it's just, I don't. I just don't get it. One plus one is what? One plus one is, is... one plus one is two? Oh, it's too complicated. I just I just don't get it. For example, uh, obviously that's a stupid person. Uh, not you, because you know that one plus one is uh, it's two. Good. Good. Just checking. Um, have got. Here's the next one. Have got, uh, which is equivalent to possessive have. Like, I have a pen. I've got a pen. I have got a pen. I've got... Okay. Now watch out because it's hard to hear the have in there, isn't it? I've got a pen. You've got a pen. She's got a pen. He's got a pen. We've got a pen. Everyone's got a pen. Okay. Everyone's got a pen. Good. Let's start. Right. Have got as possessive. For example, I said, I've got two Shure SM58 microphones and a Shure SM7B. I've got loads of microphones. Okay. Uh, another one was send out a search team for carlos sweep the area we've got a missing lepster we've got a missing lepster actually carlos got in touch with me carlos did actually get in touch with me he's not missing ladies and gents call off the search uh carlos did get in touch with me i'm just trying to find the email he sent to me now uh carlos said to me hello this is ninja carlos writing again um first of all thank you very much for answering my question because um, you know the last two episodes of the podcast were all based on a question from carlos so carlos said thanks very much for answering my question i'm so happy moreover i never expected a two-hour answer i'd have been happy with just a five-minute one well carlos five-minute answer that's just not what's a five-minute answer i don't think it's possible on this podcast well I could have given you a 5 minute answer but I chose to go with a long answer didn't I Anyway Carlo- ladies and gents Carlos is he's okay he's been he's been rescued or something This week I've been he says this week I've been listening carefully to your episodes as I usually do Those two episodes were excellent Well all your episodes are always great uh, yours J Carlos Mena Thank you Carlos That's really nice. I hope that you agree that this one also is a good one and that you're not getting overwhelmed with all of this stuff. So anyway, have got for possessive have. But watch out for this one because we don't use have got in the past. We don't say I had got, um, uh, you know, like, for example, when I was a child, I had got lots of Star Wars toys. We don't say that. You just say I had. When I was a child, I had lots of Star Wars toys, not I had got. So we don't use have got in the past. Uh, And just watch out for the way that it works with auxiliary verbs in negatives and questions. Like I have an idea or I've got an idea. Negative would be I don't have an idea and I haven't got an idea. Uh, And do you have any ideas? Uh, Have you got any ideas? Uh, And it also works in quick answers. Do you have any ideas? Yes, I do. And have you got any ideas? Yes, I have. Okay, so watch out for that. Then we've got have got to, have got to do something, which is like um, obligation, you know, a way of expressing obligation. It's it's equivalent to have to. <clears throat> for example, I have to uh, check my emails, and I've got to check my emails, right? Uh, which was, I've just got to get through this work, I've just got to get through all this work. I've just got to burn all these boxes before the end of the day. I've just got to burn all these boxes of documents. What documents? Oh, you mean the, the, the emails, the Russian emails? Don't talk about it. Just, It's too sensitive an issue. Don't even talk about it. I, what, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I've no idea what you Russian emails? No. There's no problem uh anyway just help me burn all these boxes for example i've got to burn all these boxes meaning i have to burn all these boxes for example and you know i've got to concentrate I, whenever i hear i've got to concentrate it makes me think of a scene from uh from uh, one of my favorite films which is a stupid comedy called airplane uh air uh, do you know airplane I'm just saying this as an example of I've got to concentrate, meaning I have to concentrate. Do you know the movie Airplane? It's a really sort of stupid and yet brilliant uh, comedy film from America. It was made in the 1970s. And it's all about, it's like a spoof, a parody of a disaster movie set on an aeroplane. Like an air, you know those old movies where an airplane goes up into the sky and there's a big disaster, and you know it's very. Uh, there's lots of uh, tension. You don't know if the airplane's going to crash or if everyone's going to survive. Like a, a disaster movie on an airplane. This one is like a stupid disaster movie with loads and loads and loads of jokes in it. It's brilliant. And there's just this bit where the there's a, a, a one of the passengers has to fly the plane because the pilots eat some really bad air airline food and they they uh they pass out and so um one of the uh one of the passengers has to come and fly the plane and he's incredibly stressed and he's inside his head he's going i've got to concentrate i've got to concentrate but when he says it there's an echo it's like a cheesy effect to show that it's his thoughts running in his own head i've got to concentrate 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 and because there's an echo, he starts to, anyway, he starts playing around with it. You know, if you ever hear an echo, if you're in a cave or something, if you've gone for a walk in the mountains and you find a cave, and you, what do you say when there's an echo? You, in English, you'd say two, one of two things. You'd say hello, 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 hello. Like one of the the things you would say if if you're in a situation where you want to test if there's an echo. The first thing is hello like hey dave look at this massive cave can you hear the echo 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 and you go hello 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 and the other word you'd say is echo 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 that's what everyone says when there's an echo hello 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 echo echo isn't that brilliant that echo 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 right okay now you can hear the scene
1: i've got to concentrate I've got to concentrate. concentrate, concentrate. Hello? Hello? hello?
0: Echo, echo, echo. Pinch hitting for Pedro Borbon. Manny Mota. Mota, Mota. Uh, okay, so that's him going, hello, hello, echo, echo, just uh, in his own head. And then he starts sort of imagining that he's uh, announcing... Uh, players on a baseball field and you would have heard some names of baseball players anyway that was i've got to concentrate 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 um which i imagine is what you're saying in your own head right now with the echo as well you're probably sitting on the bus going i've got to concentrate 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 Hello? hello 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 echo 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 Right, moving on. So that was, I've got to do it. And again, watch out for a couple of things. Watch out for the fact that we don't use it in the past again. So it's not like I had got to concentrate. It was, I had to concentrate. Okay. And also watch out for negatives and questions with auxiliary verbs. I have to do it and I've got to do it. I don't have to do it. I haven't got to do it. And uh, do you have to do it? Do you have to do that now? And have you got to do that now? And the answer would be, uh, do you have to do that now? Yes, I do, or no, I don't. And have you got to do that now? Um, uh, Yes, I have, and no, I haven't. Okay. So next would be uh, get, meaning reach or uh, reach a place or arrive at a place or a stage in your life or something. So meaning reach a place or arrive at a place. Uh, for example, to get home, to get to work, to get to where you want to be. Okay, there was one example I think in the in in the episode or episodes, and it was to get. I need to get to where I uh, I have to get to where I need to be to start recording something. Okay, to get to where I need to be to start recording, meaning I have to get myself into a, into the right state. I need to arrive at the right mental state in order to start recording. I have to get myself pumped up. I have to get to where I need to be to start recording something, okay? And you need to get to where you need to be to be able to communicate with confidence in English. Uh, How do you do that? Well, you've got to concentrate, you've got to study, you've got to practice, and you've got to stay positive as well. And then you'll probably get to where you need to be to... Be a fluent speaker of English. Uh, then we've got get meaning uh, to manage to put something somewhere. To manage to put something somewhere quite specific. For example, you're imagine you're trying to throw a ball of paper into the bin. Okay, you've got to get it into the bin. For example, okay, so to get it onto the table, like you th- you want to throw a folder. You're sitting in the seat. The table's over there. You can't be bothered to get up. Um, to get up. There's another one, Vocab Hunters. You can't be bothered to get up. So you just throw it onto the table. I've just got to get it onto the table. And then I won't need to get up. And what happens is you throw the folder. It hits the table. And because of the momentum, it slides across the table and slides off onto the other side and falls on the floor. And you think, think, oh, I better get up. And then you think, no, I can't be bothered. I'll just leave it on the floor. And then the folder stays on the floor for the rest of time. It's just there forever because you never pick it up to put it on the table. Obviously, that's what happens all the time, isn't it? Yes. I've just got to get it on the table and you throw it... on the floor and then you go oh bollocks um what did i say to get it online so i have to uh create the mp3 and then i have to get it online like get those files online for example to get those files online get those boxes downstairs i want you to get them burned before the fbi get here for example um then so then we've got phrasal verbs and other expressions with get Okay, Um, so we've got to get through something, meaning to finish something, to pass from the start, uh, from the start to the finish. For example, we need to get through the woods before the sun goes down. Let's say you're in the woods, you're in the forest and uh, you might think, oh, we need to get through these woods before the um, sun goes down. Because, you know, if we're still here when the sun... uh, when the sun goes down if we're still here in the forest then uh the wolves uh might come and get us and that would be pretty bad um let's imagine we're in the forest that sounds almost like a tropical forest how about this one that's a bit better isn't it oh it's lovely in the forest here today isn't it oh it is absolutely lovely but uh oh look the sun's going down got it get it it gets dark quite early here, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Wham, suddenly it's it's night time. Well that happened quickly. You know what? I think we better hurry up. Why is that? Because uh can you hear some some uh some wolves? Oh god. Is that a wolf? Wait a minute, those aren't wolves. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm sure I heard some wolves. Oh God! Oh Jesus! Look, we need to get through these woods before those wolves get us. Okay, we need to get through these woods. Bef- we need to get through the forest before the wolves get us. Which is obviously uh, the kind of English that you're going to be using all the time, isn't it? In your lives, um, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. It's something. It's a, it's a daily occurrence, isn't it? Walking through the forest and uh, getting chased by wolves. Um, similarly, you know, uh, you might say to get, to get through anything, you know, to get through, uh, a difficult experience. For example, things got a little bit difficult in the middle of the marathon, but I got through it. Meaning I got through the difficult period on the podcast. I said, um, um, you know, keep listening, just try to get through the bits about how I make the podcast and um, and watch out for the language, which I'm going to explain later. So try to get through the bits about how I make the podcast. I expected that the bits about making the podcast would have been a bit boring, so I said to you, just try to get through that stuff, and we'll go. We'll then get on to the language later. Uh, assuming that the language is the stuff that you really want, uh, which, I mean, I think that's probably true, isn't it? I imagine so. Maybe you preferred it when I was talking about microphones i don't know uh only you would would know that um next phrasal verb is to to get your head around something to get your head around i just can't get my head around all of this equipment it's too complicated okay uh i explained that one before so i don't need to go into it the example was i'll explain the vocab later which should help you to get your head around it all to get your head around it all it's quite difficult to say that can you say that Um, I'll explain the vocab later, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which should help you to get your head around it all. Which should help you to get your head around it all. Get your head around it all. Get your head around all of it. Okay, next phrasal verb was to get round to doing something, which I have explained already, so I won't spend a lot of time on it. To get round to doing something means to do something that you've intended to do for a long time and in the podcast, I said, I'm glad to have actually got round to doing it. I'm glad to have actually got round to doing it. To get round to doing something. Okay, moving on. To get into something. And it's, for this one, I think there's a literal sense and an idiomatic sense, kind of idiomatic sense. The literal sense of to get into something would mean to enter something. For example, to get into the car. Get into the car, please, sir um you know the fbi saying that just uh, get in get into the car please sir no more you know stop asking questions please sir just get into the car please um for example or to change into a particular state for example to get into the right mood you also might say to get into some clothes i'm just gonna you know relax and just get into some comfortable clothes before i record the podcast. Uh, for example, just try to get into the right frame of mind to record an episode. That's what I said. I need to try and get into the right frame of mind to record an episode. The frame of mind, that's like mindset, way of thinking, to get into the right frame of mind. What is the right frame of mind for doing a podcast? What do you think? Serious, stupid, light-hearted, open-minded, closed thinking or open thinking? It's difficult to say really. In terms of timing, what I should do is get into the right frame of mind for sort of finishing on time. So I I need to be a little bit quicker. So let's move on. To get into something as an idiom or an idiomatic sense would be to become interested in something or to become involved in something. For example, you might want to get into it too, to get into podcasting podcasting as an activity can be really good it can be really rewarding so you might want to get into it as well okay um for example uh, a friend of mine who's been on this podcast moz don't know i don't know if you remember moz moz is the guy who does those uh, tourist walks in london themed around murder murder mile tours he does these murder walks in in london and I got a message from Moz the other day saying that he's thinking of getting into podcasting. He's thinking of starting a podcast, which could be interesting. Uh, so, you know, podcasting is great. You might want to get into it too. Um, also, I might say, I've been really getting into, uh, I've been really getting into, like, uh, blues music recently, like old blues music from the 60s. I've been really getting into, like, uh, the Yardbirds, recently for example uh, to get back to get back to something or to just to get back so to get back to something means to return to a place or return to something that you were doing before like the Beatles song get back get back get back to where you once belonged get back to where you once belonged which is I guess is a story of a It's Paul McCartney writing a lyrics... It's slightly difficult to understand the lyrics of that story. Essentially, I think he's talking about a person who needs to go back to their roots or go back to their origins, uh, get back to where you once belonged. It sounds like this. This is from the Rooftop concert, the classic moment in the Beatles' career when they performed a concert on the roof of, um, where was it, the Apple Building, I think, um, in uh, Savile Row in London, an uh, amazing moment, you know, because the Beatles had been arguing a lot. It was a really difficult time for them, and they hadn't performed live for a number of years. And they decided that they'd do this short concert to promote the songs that they'd written for their next album. And it's a, it's just an iconic moment in music. And uh, the first song that they performed was "Get Back," and I, I, um, you know, this one. Oh. Okay, that's Get Back. Not the best quality version, actually, though I think there are better versions than that. But uh, I always wondered what that was about. There's a rumour that Paul McCartney is singing, actually singing about Yoko Ono. Because in the song, he's talking about this character called Jojo. Like, get back, Jojo. Uh, Get back to where you once belonged. Uh, at the time, there was a lot of tension going on in the studio when the Beatles were writing their uh, their songs and stuff. And previously, before Yoko Ono had arrived on the scene, Yoko Ono, uh, John Lennon's uh, girlfriend, later wife, uh, before Yoko had arrived, the Beatles always had this principle that... Like, no one else would come into the studio situation when they were working, especially not the wives and girlfriends. They wouldn't really come into the studio environment. Um, And yet, when Yoko arrived on the scene, she literally, like, moved in. She, she, She moved into the studio. She actually... Uh, because she injured her back or something, or she'd had an operation, they'd had a car crash or something, um, and she was recovering from the accident, she had to be in bed. They actually moved a bed into the studio, and Yoko was in bed in the studio, uh, which I think really annoyed the other members of the group to an extent. I think they got really annoyed by it, and there was lots of weird tension going on. And maybe Paul was writing this song as a kind of... um, uh like a passive aggressive uh statement uh to 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 yoko meaning like you know get back go away get back to where you once belonged get back jojo um yoko jojo hmm maybe the rumor is that whenever he played the song in the studio he would look at yoko when he said that line don't know if it's true or if it's just some sort of weird paranoid rumor, but it's interesting, isn't it? Get back, JoJo. Get back to uh, where you once belonged. So, anyway, that was Get Back, right? Um, um,. And um, it's very common in uh, in English, uh, in meetings or presentations, you could say, let's get back to the topic. So if you've been talking and you go off on a tangent, you might say, okay, let's get back to the topic. Let's get back to the agenda of this meeting, for example. Okay, uh, next one is to get something across, to get something across. And this means to communicate something to someone or to make someone understand something. Uh, And I was saying that I have to come up with ideas and then get them across to my audience. I have to get my ideas across, okay? Uh, How to actually get the message across is quite difficult. It's difficult to really get the message across, okay? To get something across. Um, Get something across, you'll notice that it's a separable phrase. It's a separable phrasal verb. It's get across, but you can say get the message across, uh, get it across Or get across the message Get across my ideas But not get across it Have You noticed if it's a pronoun It uh, It doesn't go at the end So you've got get the message across Or get across the message Okay Get it across But not get across it Okay um, So separable phrasal verbs Um we don't put the pronoun at the end. Okay? Complicated stuff. Uh, All right, then. Next, uh, to get on with someone, which I imagine you know. This is one of those phrases that sort of everyone learns quite easily. It's often one of the first phrasal verbs that you learn. To get on with someone. It means to have a good, friendly relationship with someone for example, uh, Amber, Paul and me, we get on with each other. We're good friends and we have like a good relationship and you can hear it on the podcast. We enjoy spending time together. We get on really well with each other to get on with someone. Okay, um, fine. And, you know, if, if you also, we often use it in the negative as well to describe a bad relationship. You know, if you're organising a dinner party and you're saying, we, shall we we put... Um, should we, should we sit them together? No, I don't think they should sit together. They don't get on with each other very well. They don't get on very well, okay? Fine. Uh, the next one is to get rid of something. To get rid of something. We need to get rid of all these, these documents quick. We need to get rid of them quick before the, the CIA get here and the FBI and the NSA and the BBC and the, F, and the ITV and all the... Every, before anyone gets here, uh, we need to get rid of all these documents. What should we do? Let's just burn them okay get them downstairs and just cover them in this lighter fluid and just burn them just get rid of them so to get rid of something means to throw something away to discard something okay for example on the podcast sometimes i have to just i have to get rid of what i recorded and then start all over again Okay, to get rid of what I recorded, like delete the the recording and just start again to get rid of it. Um, here are some other exp- uh, other expressions and uses of get. So we had some phrasal verb verbs, we had some phrasal verb action, and some uh, some phrasal verbs and stuff. And now uh, let's look at other expressions and uses of get. Uh, these are like uses that I don't I don't quite know which category to put them in. They might be considered to be phrasal verbs, maybe, or let's just call them other expressions, okay? So, we've got to get going or to get started, which just means to start. So, come on, let's get going. Let's get started properly, okay? Meaning, let's let's start in a business meeting. Hello, everyone. Thanks very much for coming to the business meeting. Uh, have you, are you Have you all got copies of the agenda, right? Are you all ready? Yeah, good. Uh, okay, right. Let's get going, then. Let's get started, okay? Okay. Uh, the next one would be to get on with it. Oh, come on, stop wasting time. Get on with it, would you? I'll oh, get on with it. Meaning hurry up. It means to start doing something that you should be doing. You know, we, we really need to get on with it. Look, these boxes aren't going to burn themselves. Uh, and, uh, you know, the FBI are going to be here soon. So come on, get on with it. Get those boxes burned. Come on, get them downstairs. Get them all... We need to get rid of these documents, come on, get on with it, chop, chop, get on with it. Let's get on with it. Uh, to get down to business, to get down to business, meaning to start talking about the subject which is to be discussed, or simply to just start doing the thing that you sh- you should be doing to start. And it's very common at the beginning of a meeting or when you're about to start a negotiation when you're going to talk about price or when you're going to start uh, doing the business deal, you'd say, right, let's get down to business. Um, Are you interested in making an order? Let's get down to business. Okay. And you you often start say that at the beginning of a meeting. Hello, everyone. Thanks very much for coming. Right. Let's get down to business. Uh, Let's look at the agenda. Item number one, blah, 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 for example. Uh, Next thing, uh, to get something done. To get something done and that it It means just to do it to finish it to get something done all right so I said uh, I have to control the podcast settings and then get it published to iTunes so actually we've got to get something done for example like you know we've got to get this done before the FBI get here um, by the way, FBI, if you are listening and I know that you are, these are just examples. Okay. Don't investigate me. They're, all you will find is a few microphones and, um, a, and a little fluffy pink gorilla toy. That's really it. It's, there's nothing to see here. You really should focus your attention on the president. Maybe, I don't know. I don't want to tell you what to do, but anyway, I think, you know, what just check out those people in in the uh, high positions they're the ones really that you should be looking at you know your job i'm not going to tell you your job okay fine uh, to get something done uh, meaning to 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 do it to finish it i need to get the po- uh, podcast published i need to get this finished by the end of the day i need to get my teeth looked at for example it's just an example, but you could say, you know, when you drink hot, a hot drink or when you eat an ice cream, oh, you get a bit of pain in your tooth. And you think, oh, I need to get my teeth looked at by a dentist, for example. And then we've got to get someone to do something. Um, causative verbs here, meaning to, meaning to make someone do something or to persuade someone to do something. And in this case, someone else does it. In the USA, in American English, they might say to have someone... Um, to have someone clean your driveway, or to have someone cut the grass in your garden. And in English, you might say to get someone to cut the grass in your dr- in your garden. To get someone to clean the car, or to have someone clean the car in America, to have someone do it. In the UK, to get someone to do it. Um, so for example, it's quite complicated doing the podcast. You have to rec- you have to come up with the ideas. You've got to get it recorded. You've got to get it published and then you've got to get people to listen to it. Okay. Uh, to get people to listen to it. Um, and then, um, how I get people to know about what I'm doing. I have to get people to know about the podcast and I have to get people to listen, get people to download it, for example. Uh, and then also there's to get someone doing something which is to put someone in a state or to, to make someone do something over and over again. For example, here are a few questions to get you thinking. So it's not just to get you to think, which could be once, but to get you thinking, meaning to uh, get you to do it again and again. To get you to do something and to get you doing something. What's the difference? Maybe, you, maybe you've got it, but just in case, let's go through it. So what's the difference between to get someone to do something and to get someone doing something? The first one, to get someone to do something, means to persuade them to do it. And it might just be once. For example, I got him to give me the money. How did you get him to give, me, give you the money? I loaded a revolver and I pointed it at his, uh, at, at his head and I said, um, Please give me the money. And he gave me the money. I got him to do it. It was easy uh the second one I got him i I got someone doing something this This one means that you make someone do it over and over again or to put them in a state, not just to do one single thing. for example, now you've got me worrying, you know. Like for example, oh, you're doing a podcast, are you? Ooh, you know, you don't want to do that. The FBI will listen to it. This, the the NSA will be listening. Are you sure you want to say that on the podcast? And then you're like, oh, now you've got me worrying. Okay. Or I really want to get you running every day. I want to get you running every day. Might be something like your personal trainer would say to you, look look, Dave, you've got to lose weight, okay? So, what what we're going to do, so I'm going to get you eating healthily, and then I'm going to get you running every day, okay? So, I'm going to get you running every day. Fine. Then we've got to get used to doing something, which is sort of notoriously difficult phrase to get. To get used to doing something, because it people always confuse this one with used to do. Like, I used to live in London. I used to... Uh, I used to play the drums. I haven't played the drums for about five years. It's. I need to play the drums again. Uh, anyway, I used to play the drums every day and I I don't play them anymore. It's terrible. I need to do it again. So that's I used to do it. But this is to get used to doing it, okay, or to be used to doing it. And that means to become accustomed to doing something, to become familiar with something. And it's different to I used to do it, which, which is a past habit. This one is I am used to doing it means I do it now and it's easy for me now because it's familiar with me now. <sighs> Complicated. For example, I want you to get used to noticing different bits of language. I want you to get used to noticing different bits of language. I want it to become a habit for you to uh, listen to bits of language. I want you to get used to noticing different bits of language to the point where it's not really difficult anymore. It's just a habit for you. So how do you get used to noticing different bits of language? You just have to start doing it often and then it will become a habit. Then you'll just get used to it. Um, To get the hang of doing something... Uh, It's a bit like to get used to doing something, but it's slightly more informal. And it basically means to learn how to do it. I want you to get the hang of noticing language. Get the hang of it. Hang H-A-N-G. Get the hang of doing something. Okay. Like When you're learning the guitar, it's really difficult at first. It's really difficult to get used to making the chords with your left hand. It's really difficult to bend your fingers into the right shapes. But, you know, you'll get you'll get the hang of it if you keep practising. You know, your fingers will get used to it. Um, and you'll get the hang of it in time. Okay? Next thing is to get the most out of something. To get the most out of it. Now, that means to achieve the most or to achieve the most that you can from something uh, that is possible. Uh, to achieve the most that is possible from something or to take advantage of something. For example, I want you to be able to get the most out of these episodes. So, not just listen on the bus and enjoy them, but also really take advantage of the content, really to get the most out of these episodes, so that you can get the full benefit for your English, okay? To get the most out of the people that you're listening to. I want to record people really well, so that you can really get the most out of the experience, okay? You also could say to make the most of something. You know, I really want to make the most of this opportunity. I want to get the most out of this opportunity. Um, we're nearly finished, ladies and gents. We're nearly finished. We've just got a couple of others to get in touch with someone, which you know, it means to contact someone by phone or text or email or something. Get in touch if you've got any. If you've got any questions, just get in touch. Also, keep in touch, which is like maintain contact. Keep in touch, you know, don't disappear. Keep in touch with me. Like, for example, when you go on holiday, your mum and dad might say, Keep in touch with us when you're on holiday. Send us regular messages, send us photos and stuff. Stay in touch, keep in touch. And then when you, and then after five days into the holiday, you write and maybe not five days, maybe when you arrive, you'd say, just getting in touch to let you know that we've landed safely. For example, to get in touch. Uh, to get it right or to get it wrong or to get something right or to get something wrong. That means to, uh, to, to do something correctly or incorrectly. Fine. For example, I'm not sure or I'm sure I don't get it right every time for example the the things I'm doing on the podcast, I'm sure I don't get it right every time, but I do try to get it right, okay um, and if I get something wrong, then you know I'm sorry. for example, if i if I pronounce a Russian place name wrong, if I get it wrong, then I'm sorry, okay uh, Nizni Novgorod, not Nizgi. why did I say Nizgi Novgorod on the podcast the other day? I don't know. Uh, no idea why, but anyway, Nizni Novgorod of course. Uh, by the way, remember I announced that there was a Lepsters meetup happening in Nizhny Novgorod? Well, I uh, I got a, a, a message on Facebook from um, Nick Wooster, uh, one of the, the Russian Lepsters who organizes these things, and the photo was of Nizhny Novgorod completely, almost submerged in water. Apparently, you guys got flooded really badly, and it was like huge floods which um, made it a little bit difficult for the Lepsters to get together. Apparently, there were 15 people that were due to get together, and they all got delayed by these big floods in the street. Um, um, I imagine some people were swimming to to get to the Lepsters get-together in Nizny Novgorod. Um, OK, see, I got it right this time, didn't I? I think. I think I did. I probably didn't. There's probably some little thing that I got wrong, but anyway. Um, so we uh, also to get together uh, to get together we say that so you know russian lepsters or lepsters in tokyo lepsters in spain uh in london are getting together to practice their english uh, to get together also to get people together you know if you want to get people together uh, we're gonna put on a concert in the park a free music pon- concert to try and get people together from all the different communities in the city for example. And then to to get together with someone. To get together with someone, like, hey, let's get together next week. I'm, uh, you know, I'm getting together with my ex-girlfriend next week. Don't tell my wife, for example. Not true. Not actually happening. Um, If you get the right people together, if you get the right people together, if you get the right people together, it can create a really fun conversation for the podcast, all right? Also, it's a noun, a get-together. Let's have a get-together. Let's have a get-together at the weekend. Uh, And then, finally, we've got to get something into your life, which is the title of this episode. Get this word into your life. And I do recommend that you try not just to get the word into your life, but you get the whole... You get a number of these phrases into your life. Try and introduce them into your regular English, into your active English. Um, It also makes me think of the song... Uh, the Beatles song, I've Got To Get You Into My Life, which is one of my favourite songs by the Beatles. Um, And in that song, Paul McCartney again wrote, I've Got To Get You Into My Life. Uh, The lyrics are quite interesting. It sounds as if he's talking about a girl that he's met, that he has fallen in love with, and he really wants to see her every day. He wants to make her a permanent part of his life. And so he's saying, I've Got To Get You Into My Life. John Lennon, I understand, thought that the song was about something else. He thought it was about uh, a drug experience that Paul McCartney had. He thought that Paul was talking about acid, like LSD, that when Paul first took LSD, because the Beatles did take some psychedelic drugs, uh, quite a lot of psychedelic drugs, I understand, in the in the late 60s, I think when Paul, in John's opinion, when Paul first took LSD and had a psychedelic experience he thinks that it kind of was a big sort of almost revolutionary moment in Paul's mind and he felt like uh, I've got to get you into my life, meaning I've got to make this a part of my life, like this sort of uh, new way of thinking that I've discovered. I've got to make it a part of my life. I've got to get you into my life. So for John, it was about a drug experience, but uh, I don't know. I, I still don't know. I find the song to be fascinating. I wonder what it's really about. Maybe it's a combination of like a new way of thinking that he had from a drug experience, or maybe a new way of thinking that he had because he met this amazing woman that he wanted to uh, get into his life. Uh, it's interesting to think about it. Um, I know that many of you out there probably, you know, you, you hate drugs and things and you know, drugs are bad and evil and stuff like that. It's certainly a complicated issue, but um, uh, it's interesting. I wonder if if the song is about drugs or if it's about love or if it's a combination of the two. Um, anyway, we have we have arrived at the end of this episode of Luke's English Podcast. We've got to the end, finally, after an hour and a half. Oh my God, it's a long one. Um, but there you go. There are lots of words in English. It takes time to cover them all. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end, all the way to this point. Um I'm going to I'm going to extend the episode a little bit by attempting to play a song on the guitar now. If you don't like music, uh, if you don't like listening to me play music anyway, then um, I would say um, you, need, you should probably stop listening now. But if you want to hear a song, uh, I've got some nice comments about uh, the songs that I played at the end of episodes recently. That's nice. Thanks. Uh, I don't think I'm quite ready to give up the day job just yet. Uh, But um, it's nice to play songs And I'm, you know, I practice the guitar sometimes I'm doing my best Um, Anyway, I'm going to try and do I've Got To Get You Into My Life The Beatles song that I mentioned just now Uh, And you can find a link to the lyrics On the page for this episode But also just listen to the lyrics What is Paul talking about? Do you think he's talking about A psychedelic experience And a new way of thinking um, Which... He needs to, He wants to try and make part of his life? Or is he talking about meeting an amazing girl who he wants to live with? Uh, what do you think? Um, I'll let you decide. Um, but this is I've Got to Get You Into My Life, uh, played by me on the guitar. And, and uh, if the guitar is out of tune, I do apologise. And also if my singing is out of tune, I apologise. What would you do if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? lend me your ears and i'll sing you a song and i'll try not to sing out of tune okay here it is all right so here we go getting the chords chords ready i hope i'm going to get this right here we go forgive me beatles fans uh
1: was alone i took a ride i didn't know what i would find there another road where maybe i could see another kind of mind there ooh when i suddenly see you ooh did i tell you i need you every single day of my life you didn't run, you didn't lie, you know I have wanted just to hold you And had you gone, you knew in time we'd meet again for I had told you And ooh, you were meant to be near me, ooh And I want you to hear me say we'll be together every day I got to get you into my life somehow some way What can I do what can I be when I'm with you I want to stay there And if I'm true I'll never leave and if I do I know the way there And ooh and I suddenly see you ooh did I tell you I need you every single day of my life? I've got to get you into my life somehow, some way. I've got to get you into my life somehow, some way. I was alone. I took a ride. I didn't know what I would find there. Another road to Mary. I could see another kind of mind there. And suddenly I see you. Did I tell you I need you?